My name's Stuart. These are my parents, Max and Katie Hardy, and this is the Not Your Mother's Podcast. <laughs> I love it. Um, so this is the first time I've had uh, my dad on. This is his inaugural appearance, if you will. My mom's been on two times, I think, okay. two, maybe three, including a live one we did that I posted to YouTube and that didn't work out. People got mad at it, but whatever, it got posted. So I'm really excited because the the subject matter we have today I've been gathering from friends who grew up in the independent fundamental Baptist movement and from uh, followers and, and friends of the podcast who have generously and um, in a vulnerable manner have shared with us their, a little bit has been their experiences as far as growing up in the IFB and having parents who are IFB, but it's more of where they are at now and how they would like to express to their parents. Just some of them just wanted to say, this is my station in life right now. And I wish I could just talk to you about it with all the legalism and all that other stuff aside. But I, I can't because you won't, you know, you because I can't talk to you about my everyday accomplishments and life because you have to focus on my tattoo or the alcohol that right. I drink. And so we can't even have a normal conversation. That's or, where some of you don't go to church. the right church. You know, right. some, some it's you don't go to church at all. And some it's where you don't go to the right church. Like to me, that's yeah. very confusing. Or the right Bible. Or use the right Bible. So. With all that in mind, I've had a couple friends lately that, you know, we've had conversations about just how frustrating it is, especially around the holidays, and I'm going to try to release this here early in January, sometime in the new year, but with all that frustration, kind of, it kind of seems to come to a head around the holidays, and so I thought I would reach out, and again, like I said, you guys were very generous to give us some of your stories, some of your input, what you'd like to say to mom and dad, just if you could just, because you can't have a normal conversation, what a normal conversation would look like. And some shared, like, I would really like you to accept me for who I am, and here's who I am. So we're going to read through these. Most people wanted to remain anonymous for completely understandable reasons. But we're going to read through these. And if you will, Max and Katie, I just said them opposite, <laughs> Max and Katie, are your stand-in parents. If that is kind of rubs you the wrong way, you don't guess. like it. <laughs> there you go. If you don't like it, I get that. We're not saying it has to be that way. But there's a, a few things you need to know about my parents. So I, I keep saying IFB. Someone may come across this and not know what that is. It's the Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement. It's a cult. It's an offshoot of Christianity. So you would have Christianity. Then you'd have, you know, Catholicism, Lutherans, and what have you. And then, then you'd have Baptists down here somewhere. And then beneath Baptists, you've got Missionary Baptists. I don't know what other Baptist denominations there are, but... You at least have missionary and independent fundamental Baptists. And they would want you to think that it's not a cult. Bible Baptists. Bible Baptists. Okay. Oh, and Southern Baptists you would have as well. All your first Baptist churches. they not as nose hard as Yes. Agreed. But still. And free will. Would free will be another denomination? Yes. So so what we're seeing or what we're talking through is there's quite a few denominations beneath the Baptist uh, banner. But the independent fundamental Baptist movement is very much a cult. And what I was trying to get to as far as, like, your parents, like, if, if again, seeing these two people as your stand-in parents is kind of uncomfortable or that you don't like that, that's okay. You don't have to see them that way. But I would like you all that are listening and watching to get some perspective of former very entrenched independent fundamental Baptist people who are parents of children who no longer hold those beliefs close or important or even real at all 
and understand that the angle we're trying to come from here is even if you don't want to see my mom and dad in some way, shape, or form as a surrogate or a kind of stand-in for your parents who, you know, aren't accepting of, and this isn't to be unkind to anyone's parents at all, but if you want to listen to this conversation, I think you will be helped by it and encouraged by it, and at the very least be affirmed in your feelings, in your beliefs, or lack thereof, if you will, and your your current lifestyle that whether you see it as something that you were born with or you chose, or and I don't mean just sexuality, I just mean, and that, that covers that as well, but I mean just your lifestyle choices. For me personally, I watch movies that I wouldn't have been allowed to watch or wasn't allowed to watch. I have ink, I have a tattoo, I, I drink alcohol. There are things that I do that... Um, you See? <laughs> that back in the day, those weren't accepted. And I've, I've been, I don't like to use the word luck often at all because I, I work really hard for the things that I have, but I feel like I've been very lucky in that my entire immediate family, we've all exited the independent fundamental Baptist movement. So there I go. This is the, the two things I was telling my dad before we started that people don't like. The one thing is that I interrupt my guests, so it's going to happen especially because it's my parents. I'm sorry. And the other thing is that I intro for too long. But there's your, <laughs> there's most of your intro, but there's more. Uh, but wait, there's more. So I wanted to just do super quick interviews with each of you and just you guys kind of tell me a little bit about your how you got involved in the Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement. And I don't need, if you want to tell me about your childhood, that's fine. I don't need all of that. It's just more of your involvement, how you got involved, as well as the level of your involvement, or just how entrenched you were in the beliefs. The goal here is for you guys to understand this isn't just two people. Obviously, they're my parents, but they're not just two parents that we yanked off the street. They are parents who have very specific and very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're very familiar with the movement. We were characterized as independent fundamental Baptists for many years. Right. So they're very familiar with where your your parents who don't mm-hmm. want to accept you for all these dumb reasons, um, and you know you as a child, where in regards to your parents, where you're sitting at now with them, they're very familiar with that space. Absolutely. Is what I want to I want to verify that for you. So, Mom, we'll start with you. Um, as far as I know, you kind of got into the Independent Fundamental Baptist movement when you moved to Northwest Indiana. You graduated um, from Baptist High School, HBHS. Went right into Hiles Anderson College. Met the most wonderful man in the world. We took off from college. Took a church. You know, and we knew we were very familiar to the higher-ups, if that's what you want to call them, you know. um. Well, so just real real quickly, so that's Northwest Indiana. That's to name names because we do that all the time. That's First Baptist Church. That's Jack Hiles. That's that's, um, Hiles Anderson College. You guys both went to Hiles Anderson. You both graduated. And again, speaking to you more specifically, you you went on tour. You were very close with, um, who was your tour pastor, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I had... A couple. It's Roger Castile. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then you know I knew a lot of the staff and faculty. Yeah, because you grew up at HB. I not only grew up at HB, but because I lived with a, a faculty family, I ate breakfast and supper on oh. the college campus, and I hung out on the college campus after school yeah. until supper time. So I just kind of wandered around and made friends with everybody. I think it's important that she mentioned she was in strength and beauty. And the yes. director of that outfit was, was Dave, right? Dave Hiles. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, 
Um, I wasn't. I never really felt like one of them completely. I felt like the odd man out sure. uh, most of the time because I they all had known each other all their you know the, in high school those kids had all grown up together right. pretty much and I was the new kid and and I was a southerner and I and I'm not typically shy but when I moved from yeah that's intimidating when I moved from my home in Memphis with my mother mm-hmm. I lost a lot of my uh, security sure I mean a lot of that had been taken away prior to that anyway but right. I think moving out of that space that I knew and into a space where everybody knew all these things that I was just learning it really changed my personality I can and, imagine um, yeah and um, I, be, I did become very insecure and I only say that because I though I knew those people the, yeah. the higher ups and I was very familiar to them and, mo- and a lot of them still to this day if you said Katie yeah, Lucas, they know who they'd were. know who you were talking yeah. about and then they, then we as a couple were really familiar because Dr. Evans would come every year to our yeah, would. I church that. to speak, and he'd come back to the college on Monday and say things about where he'd been, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we just and we we the church we had was only an, an hour, hour away from home. Yeah, so yeah, we were so there we for were, events, you know, right yeah, there. Yeah, we were there to pay into it. So you were, I think you were introduced first to Jack Hiles at a Free Will Baptist Church. Where in you, Virginia, where yep. I had come to know the Lord. Uh-huh. I was young and 19 and didn't have any, I just, I was very ignorant. I came from a very backwards home in Pennsylvania and I, I went down there to work in a shipyard. And I come to know the Lord in that church. And they all had this, uh, in that church, they had this love for Jack Hiles. And I think those of you that can go that far back remember when he just kind of had this reputation all over America for the dynamics and uh, church growth and all those things. I was 24, decided to go to Bible college. And uh, they wanted me to go to the Free Will Baptist Bible College there, but I said, well, I want to go to this college where they had him come in, Jack House came in a couple times, and of course he, he would say things like, if you like the beach, then there's a good college you can go to, which was Pensacola. Pensacola. If you don't really love anybody, then you should go to this college in South Carolina, Bob Jones. <laughs> and then if you really, if you're rough and you're tough and the winters don't bother you and you can stand the the wind in Chicago, then maybe you should consider Hiles Anderson. Well, you know, that worked on me. That was like joining, come to the, you guys remember, if you're going to join the military, it would have been, had to have been the Marines if you wanted to prove you were a man. You know, that's the kind of thing. <laughs> that's that the mentality, happened. sure. So well, they, if I remember right, I feel like they called the, they called Hiles Anderson the Boot camp of fundamentalism. I think that was a real thing for them. They did then, and then they started that whole Jericho thing, which really upped the whole boot camp. It crashed too. They didn't plan that. That thing could have been really successful for them, but they didn't implement it right. Me and Andrew can do a whole podcast about how they financially (laughs) screwed that up. Andrew's my brother. So So you you went to Hiles Anderson. Hiles Anderson. I guess I was what they called successful in some respects. I was. I loved the, the bus ministry where I had a route in Chicago. I became a division leader, worked under Ray Young for four years. And uh, so, you know, if you're a division leader, then if anybody knows that part of Hiles Anderson, you were 
you were just you, but you thought you were something you yeah. weren't. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, that's true. That's a really, that. yeah, yeah. I don't know. And I wouldn't say that. that goes for every single division leader, but I would say that, or every single person that ever was a division leader, but I would say it's easy for John Francis now, and, and then when I was there, it was more John than Ray, but it's easy for John Francis to let everything you do go to your head. But it also goes the other way, too. John will rip you a new one when you have a bad day. Um, you know, well, a bad day on a big day is the end. Oh, yeah. Right. So, oh, right. I mean, right. You guys know about all that. And I a lot lost, of people that are watching. I lost a lot of sleep and a lot of yeah. everything trying to do do what I should as a division leader. <laughs> uh, if I had an opportunity to commit a suicide, there just wasn't time. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get to the dining hall or the bus <laughs> bar. Yeah, you didn't have time for that. So, um, so okay, so, but again, I think it's important for people to understand. I'm, I'm not trying to glorify the fact that you no, guys rub shoulders any with any big wigs there. And, and yeah. I'm not trying to say that made you a big deal. I'm just trying to quantify for people that you guys were entrenched enough that you get where when we start reading these things, you're not just flippantly answering them. You, you understand the depth. This was security for us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we believed, and probably I did more than she ever did, I just believed that they, first of all, I thought I was helping to save America, that God wouldn't be able to do it without me. Now, I had a lot of questions about that, but I was reminded every time I went to pastor school that if mm-hmm. I didn't do it, then the whole world was lost, and I, you know, it was my fault. Mm-hmm. And I carried that, and I just carried it. And uh, we love people. I think that probably the thing that, uh, the only reason I've survived is because I cared about the people that I worked with, even though I never was able to do all the things they implemented into us right. in youth conference, pastor school, and every other thing. Um, it took me so long to wake up to the fact that Jack Hiles wasn't who I thought he was. Mm-hmm. I drank his Kool-Aid for years. I believed him. I trusted him. Um, it's a long story how I, how I am where I am. Uh, if I could just say this one thing is that my wife and I do love each other. We've sure had some difficult times. And... Uh, a lot of people that go where we have been and where we're going can't stay together. And I understand that. I'm not going to be their critic. But my four children survived and thrived, but not under the IFB. And we're still friends with them to this day. That's probably yeah. number one. Yeah, I love that. Um, and that's, again, I agree with what you're saying. Like, you're not here to what we would call throw shade or mock anyone or belittle anyone that didn't make it but that transition out of any cult we just know the IFB personally but like that transition out of any cult keeping a marriage intact is not it's very rarely heard of so it's quite an I think it's quite an accomplishment and just from what I've seen in my personal life and other people that I've seen go through this sort of thing I thought of something that happened to me um at at the very beginning of my coming out of the IFB um that might help you to kind of see, you know, how intertwined we were and everything. Evidently, there was some kind of, a, uh, they used to call them a forum, or it was a little different things on the internet mm-hmm. than it is now. There's I think. a fighting there was, fundamentalist Yeah, problem. so I don't know what that really is all about. <laughs> it gets confusing. I've been made fun um, of a lot in this. Yeah, so I uh, got a message from somebody I didn't know who happened to live not very far away from me <laughs> as it turns out but she said hey I'm defending your honor and I said what, what are you what? talking about <laughs> and she said oh on the FFF and I said what's the FFF yeah. and she said the fighting fundamentalist form she I said oh really so 
you know, I don't advise anybody to do this, no. but I decided I would Google my name <laughs> one day. <laughs> and uh, the very first thing that popped up was the Fighting Fundamentalist oh, Forum, and it was just, um, I think you have to join that or something. I don't I know. I think you can, can see some of it publicly, but But yeah. I saw the, what they were saying about yeah. me, and that was that... Um, some of you that will remember Max and Katie Hardy, blah, 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 blah. And remember, they wrote letters to support Jack Hiles yeah. when, you know, the whole world was against them in what's 89 or whatever right, that was. Right. And now they, this is now what I they're saying. And now they're, you know, they don't love Jack Hiles anymore. Right. I, you know, it was like, well, so, yeah. I don't really believe, you know, their whole gist of that conversation yeah, was, was like, you guys are funny. What you, yeah, yeah, what do you, which side are you really on here? Yeah. You know, like, nobody can change. Yeah, well, and know? also that says that you're going to flip back to Jack Hiles at some point, which is really ludicrous. But that's you know, what that's... Right, that's, that's the case they're trying to... Well, they're going to so, come back. Like, no. So that was the last time I Googled my own name, yeah. anyway. But um, it made me... It put me in the perspective to see how things, we yeah. were... I was being looked at by other people, mm-hmm. you know, inside... That's the inside view, right. more or less, and right. then, and then even that turns into an outside view because yeah. I think our names are on a newspaper article. You know, uh, <laughs> what do you call that? When did you get the whole two pages and they put this list of all these people that supported Jack Hiles in the oh. Oh, Times or whatever it was? You know. Oh, I so, see. Okay. Okay, y'all can go look us up now because that's who we are. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it made me aware that this wasn't going to be. Um, a journey without some really right. big bumps yeah. in the road. Exactly. And um, yeah. So your arc, you you both met at Hiles Anderson. You were both involved in ministries, whether you were a bus minister or not. Once you got engaged to him, you were on well, his bus. Well, no, I was prior. prior. That was something. Oh, that my, honestly, I had a heart allowed. for those kids. Yeah. You know, and I would even in even when because I was in the bus ministry before I got to Indiana. Oh, for sure. And um. I was raised to be good to other people yeah. and to see other people's needs. And, and the bus ministry, the way they run it, it really preys on your good behavior. And, and honestly, and in the smaller church that I was in, that was really what yes. my bus captain was like, yeah. him. Yeah. And so I got to Hammond, and, you know, I go to Teen Soul Winning. Well, you go out and you talk to all these people, but mm. you never see them again. Right. They don't come to church. <laughs> they don't walk done. the aisle. Yep. You can't help them because you couldn't find them if you wanted to. Right. And, yeah, uh, this is before cell phones. And so it really... Uh, it 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 kind of woke me up a little bit to the fact that you know some people weren't doing this for the right, right. reason. It's one thing you pray with me. Fortunately, I ended up in Division Four, and if you go back and look at the numbers, you'll see that we were never on top of anything. <laughs> but that was because the people that were in our division yeah, loved people, about, yeah. and those were the kind of people that were drawn to our division, yeah. and so... And I, if I may, I think that actually continued, because I feel like when I was in college, I could be wrong, someone will correct me, I wish I had John Bannister here, he would tell me, because he knows, but... Um, I feel like Jason Arnold was the division four division leader, and that I worked with Jason at NCS at that trucking company, the last one I worked at. And Jason, that was Jason was the same way. Jason, he had to be numbers had to be important because John Francis and all that pecking mm, yeah, order. But Jason was still very much like a kind person, um, and I could be wrong. Maybe he's just a standout. Maybe he wasn't division four, but I feel like he was division four. So, um, well, I was always. In trouble with Ray Young. Always. That's good. Yeah, we never had enough kids. <laughs> Means on you're our probably doing something right. <laughs> yeah. So let me. Um, <laughs> so that's your arc. You went through House Anderson. You were both very involved. You 
were in the pastorate for years. Uh, you were a pastor uh, of a independent fundamental Baptist church for the better part of 15 years. I was 15, 14 and a half years, yeah. and then went to be an assistant pastor of mm -hmm. another independent yeah. fundamental yep. church for six years, and then two years for an ultra follower yeah. of Howells Anderson College. Randy and, Tool, yeah, 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 we talk about it. The and yeah. What yeah. the one thing Randy did for me that I appreciate is he made me realize uh, hypocrisy is a very important yeah. characteristic. Yeah, you gotta have it. Uh, well, it's, I think that's you gotta be two people. The I mean, higher level of hypocrisy you practice in your daily life, the higher you will rise in the IFB. And for me no personally, kidding. I feel like that's a pretty much a re not that specific principle, but hypocrisy is. Um, is very important to religion while people want to tell you it's it's, it's non-existent or yeah. the, these people yeah. are all perfect like religion thrives on hypocrisy and that's my opinion organized religion but that's a bigger different conversation no, I, I so that brings you to 23 years in the ministry as an independent i'm not trying to be accusatory <laughs> I but as I, a, I don't even do the math 20, so i just want to make again make it clear yeah. 20 okay, plus so years we, took, we went to knox in 84 and we officially got out of everything around 2012. Yeah. yeah. But we're just going to say 20 plus years yeah. serving in full-time independent fundamental Baptist ministry. So again, yeah, I think true. I've hammered home the point well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, you guys are thoroughly involved. Well. So we're going to get, uh, in just a moment, we're going to get into the things that some of you have shared and things that some of you are looking forward to me getting through this intro, but you could have just <laughs> fast forwarded. So before we get into, I know I said we were about to start, but before we get into reading these, um, there's something that one last tie I want to make between um, parent and child that I think will help you guys understand a little bit of where this set of parents is coming from and what um, they've come to realize through finding ways uh, to accept their children, not in spite of who they are, but just entirely for who they are, even though your entire lives up until not that long ago were predicated on judging everyone, including your children, for choices that pretty much, not the Bible, but Jack Hiles dictated is wrong. Yeah. There are four siblings, myself included, all of us for some amount of time attended an independent, one or another independent fundamental Baptist colleges. And... Um, we all had terrible times there. <laughs> None of, and we don't. I don't say that to condemn you guys. Um, it's more of, you know, we make our own choices, and that's where we ended up. And Good. It was, I, I'm not, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. But at the same time, like that's where I'm at with my entire yeah, life. I want to interrupt and go say, I used to say, I never once told my children they had to go <laughs> to yeah, any of these colleges. Yeah. But we were we put them in a situation was where mm -hmm. if they didn't go. You know, they You're going to ruin their your life. Grand piano would yeah. no, most likely be dropping yeah. on yeah, their you head. Get the, soon. Yeah, the, the anvil from the from <laughs> what's the I can't think of the coyote. Why uh, the coyote? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. the the thing I want to talk about though was again we all had terrible times mm -hmm. at these various colleges that we attended in the IFB realm, but I know that one of the four of us there was a conversation that happened, um, not kind of right before that you know of the four hardy kids mm -hmm. one of us came home from college you spoke with them before they came home and you were kind of the um uh, what's the word I'm looking at? catapult isn't the right word catalyst. but catalyst thank you yeah. for 
that sibling saying, okay, you know what, I'm done. Not like, okay, I graduated and I'm going to go in the ministry, but no, I'm done with this experience in my life and now I'm coming home. So can you talk us through a little bit of what um, what it was like when they returned home and how it kind of made, kind of put you in a place where you had to back away from a rethink. lot of those beliefs mm-hmm. and kind of rethink, yeah. you know, what, what, what you were as a parent and how you saw them as a child and also how you saw yourself kind of in God's master plan and how that changed for you because of that experience with your child. Okay, and I will try to not be <laughs> too long-winded it's or totally, passionate. We, we want, we, um, but I want you to, to express your feelings. Though. That's yeah. important. So uh, one of my children, who was a semester away from graduating from Bible college, called home and said they there was something wrong with them and I said what do you mean and they said um I can't talk and I said what do you mean you can't talk and they said well I can't talk without crying Mm. and uh, a flag went up right away because this was probably the strongest will and most determined and not emotional child I raised yeah (laughs) yeah um I said well you know I really think you're just exhausted I said you've worked 40 hours a week, you've made the dean's list every semester, you know, you're, you're just shot, you're just exhausted, and I think you're, you're exhausted in every way, and I think you just need to come home, I can't come home, I gotta finish, I gotta finish, you know, because don't quit, right, and um, I said, no, I think you really, I really think you need to come home, so the child came home, and uh, we did a lot of talking, we talked a lot, and one day, this child said to me, Mama, I feel like I'm talking to you for the very first time mm. in my life. This child is 20, 21, yeah. and this yeah, is 21. the first time she really feels like I'm listening to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. That in itself was a really uh, big moment of awakening for me to realize that yeah that my beliefs and my because you know I had I hadn't said oh you gotta finish you gotta finish you can't quit right. you know I had said come home and, yeah. and get well that's get a big break for you that, that in itself was a huge thing but yeah. as a parent I knew you know because I do love my children yeah, so you know, you're, I, you, I knew you, she needed to come home you were able to refocus on okay you know it's not as suddenly now that their absolute you know health is at stake like okay maybe finishing this experience, this Bible college, this whatever you want to call it, seminary, that's not as important as I once thought it was. Exactly. And I think I came to that because of my own health issues, which is a whole other story. But at any rate, the the child came home and we talked. And uh, one day she said, I said, well, what is it you really want? What do you really, Mm -hmm. really really want? She said, Mama, I just want to be normal. I said, Hmm. you're not normal. (laughs) She said, no, we are not normal. <laughs> so uh, I watched the decisions that this child made, yeah. an, an adult child right. made, and um, I could see this adult child venturing further and further from what we had taught them. Right. The rigidity way we raised and the, you, you know, the legalism yes. and don't go to these movies yeah, and don't, don't go to, to movies and, and don't listen to rock music right, and don't right. wear pants and yeah. don't date guys that don't go to church, right. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And um, I could see 
I could see that she was not getting the grand piano dropped on her head. Bought a new car, not a new car, bought a car yeah. of her first car of her own for $800, and it and it lasted her for, I think, three or four years <laughs> with very little maintenance and yeah. several minor accidents. And what I saw was... was um, you didn't see any I delineation didn't see from. I didn't see. You didn't see that. Almost looked like God was blessing her all the same, even though or she more. wasn't. Even though she wasn't living the life that you thought was the blueprint for. Right. This so, is how. Yes. Yeah. I want to put this. Yes. In because it's really important, and uh, every every couple that is IFB and they have children when their children are young, they're they're just trusting, and those are good years, but. Every single parent who is is definitely in the IFB finds out when those children become teenagers, yeah. they are an individual, and, and they may comply, but you will just destroy them if you make them comply. Yeah. They, they've got to be who they are. And, and I mean, look, folks, that, there's no limit in what I'm saying right there. And I've had to learn that this doesn't mean God doesn't love them wherever they end up. Yeah. But we had to see this happen in one of our children's lives and um, see that this was not, this. we've been taught this would be judgment. Right. This right. would be, you know, their whole, well, we had all the illustrations. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jack <laughs> Howell's a yeah. master at the illustrations, yeah. you know. He was a master at convincing him that we were all loved by God, but when mm -hmm. he got all done, somehow we knew we weren't we were really, really loved by God. We hadn't done everything we should have. Well, yeah. Never going to measure and up. And it was I don't know anybody yeah. that could create both of those in yeah. your mind. Dichotic. Right? It was so, difficult. Yeah. It was difficult. It very. So it made me realize and wake up to the fact that our Creator didn't design us to ignore parts of our, ourselves, parts of who we are, um, in order to gain his favor and love. Right. And and yet that's what we had been doing with our own children. Sure. Um, two of my children have written small articles about the box and about mm -hmm. having to chop off parts of themselves to Just fit to in this box. Yeah. And it's... it's it's heartbreaking to think that I really did that to to my children. Sure. Yeah. But when I when I watched when I watched this child walk away yeah. from the things that we taught her would bring safety and love and happiness and she was finding safety and love and happiness. Yeah. I had to revisit my whole idea of sure. God. And what I what I found out at, at that point and we weren't I wasn't out yet by any means mm -hmm. but was that love is what runs the universe yeah love is what creates and um, you know I just watched that child be loved yeah. you know and maybe in a way that I'd never actually been able to love her myself sure um, well, and you to were, accept you were, where she was at and the choices she was making. Yeah, and I'm not trying to defend because you. Because she's but an like, adult. But you, being being from a young age involved in the Independent Fundamental Baptist movement, you weren't taught how to love that child for who they really are. I'm not saying you you've mm -hmm. learned it along the way on your own, but if you're shown love as as a child in the way my firm belief is, and I 
Chloe's only seven, so I'm still figuring this stuff out. But I, my firm belief is if you're shown love as a child in the way that is empathetic and that comes with no stipulations around it, you can replicate it as an adult. You, it may be unconscious or it may be a lot of work, but it's there mm-hmm. and you're going to do it. You didn't get that. I'm not I'm not trying to talk bad about Grandpa Lucas or Mima, but you were separated from them, you know, once you were over at Hiles yes. um, Anderson yeah. and HB and all that. So, I'm not again, I'm not trying to defend you. I'm just trying to help parents who may right. see this and children understand it's not always a conscious decision to hate on your children. It's something that you think you have to do because God. And you, really and honestly, for for those of you who are struggling with your relationship with your parents, a, they think that's love. Sure, they that's a think, form of godly you know, love that's, for them. Yeah. That's what they think. And hatred, I know that you guys heard that growing up, you know. Yeah. yeah. But now that you're an adult, you can tell that that's not... It's they don't really understand yeah. love. So was so, I don't want to. I interrupted yeah. you. Was there more that you wanted to say on that, or? I I think the biggest thing that was really when my mind began the real shift in my mind okay. began to happen. Okay. Um, this child and one of your other siblings were mm-hmm. going to go out one evening, and they said we're going to go hang out, and I was like, oh, we're <laughs> going to go hang out. Well, we're just going to go hang out. And I was like, okay, mm, I wonder where they're going to go hang out. And after I said three or four times, you know. The older one said, well, I'll just tell you. We're going to go see this movie. Oh, you know, I thought the world was going to end. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, to be totally fair to myself, yeah. I'd just gone through um, surgical menopause. So my brain was oh, all messed yeah, up anyway. Yeah. And uh, I went outside and found a place to sit in the dark. And I was crying. <laughs> and this child came out and put their arm oh. around me and said, you can go with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a, That's when awesome. all with all of the love and sincerity yeah. of yeah. a little kid who yeah. just wants their parent yeah. to be yeah. part of their world. Yeah. You know, so Yeah. I think any parent that's going to develop develop and maintain or build a relationship yeah. with a child who's been raised in fundamentalism and left all mm-hmm. of that has to have a starting place. Sure. A, a wake up spot. Yeah. And that yeah. was my that was really my oh, I'm wake really up glad spot. You shared that. You know, yeah. so, That's powerful. Um, so on that note, before we get to the stories, I know I keep saying we're gonna get to them. We will, I swear. Um, I just wanted to hear I don't know if it's from that transitional period where you were experiencing what you were going through as well or just something else in that space, but I wanted to hear if you had anything else to say. Well when our children began to show that they weren't going to follow that teaching, we thought, you know, if we, you know, they they tell you you raise them right, they'll do everything right, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have anything to worry about. That is so far from the truth, and every honest parent knows their children did not turn out like they expected them to. <laughs> and if you say you they did, then you're lying, okay? So because everybody's an individual, either that or they're still your little kid and in their I, brain. I apologize yeah. if that's coming across me, but it's just you're not give them room to be who they are. Yeah. But um, and I understand. I've been in the fundamental world long enough to know that means. Oh, Max has lost all his convictions. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, read the Bible. Jesus sure did. He sure did give himself away without wanting anything in return. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we miss that a lot. But let me say to to the young people who were raised in a very heavy fundamental background, and you've left all that. 
please let me tell you that you're, you're, value, you're as valuable now as you've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I, we want you to know that. And then the, the things that opened me up, the things that made me start questioning the teaching. And be, I began to understand that uh, Jack Hiles preached certain things over and over, over and over again. It was a form of keeping us. Uh, it was a mind control thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me years to really understand that. He was good at it, let's face Very. it. He was yeah. exceptionally good. And so, are, so were many of them. But uh, what happened was I began to, well, Linda Hiles Murphy. Yeah. Uh, if anybody out there would get on um, YouTube, I think, or TED, TEDx Talks, mm-hmm. please listen to the story of Linda Hiles Murphy. And she talks about what it was like to be in the home of Jack Hiles. Um, I was there in the, in the days of Jack's Hiles success. Uh, when I got there in 78, was there till 85. So, um, and uh, realized that it was not the home. So we thought it had to be the, we, we thought he did everything right. His kids <laughs> turned out right. Yeah. And really, it's, it's powerful for a parent to see what a, a train wreck. Mm-hmm. The home was. And we, we honestly knew Dave Hiles was messed up bad, horribly bad. He did damage that will never be repaired. Mm-hmm. But it, it's almost ridiculous to to say, you know, you love your children. And Jack Hiles had come across with all this persona of great family and love and writing books on how to rear children, <laughs> how to rear teenagers. And to have a son who was literally the devil yeah. Uh, working right there underneath him. I mean, folks, do you, if you don't know the truth about Dave Hiles, you need to. Yeah. And the damage he's done, it's severe. And in the name of God, no wonder many people literally hate the thought of First Baptist Church or anything to do with God because of his rampant, uh, illicit behavior mm-hmm. to anybody he felt like he could. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, they, but so those things began to make me re-examine, hey, let, let's get away from this. Let's let's look at God's love. Let's forget about being a fundamentalist. And those things helped me, made me realize that my children were so valuable. I never wanted any time in their life for them to think they weren't valuable. They're very valuable. Uh, the other thing is children carry, and, and one of the things I've come to understand from the reading uh, comments on the survivors of IFB is they carry so much guilt, they carry Mm -hmm. shame, they should not have to carry guilt, they should not have Mm -hmm. to. They need to know that it's not their fault. How many people have been sexually abused and thought that it was their fault? That's gotta be the hardest thing for me is for them to beat themselves up when the fault was on somebody else and not them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to say those. It's yeah, not your fault. You. It's, it's not, your not, fault. not your fault. And you're That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So with that, we are finally going to get into reading these. Um, uh, they're not really stories. They're more of, let me just reiterate quickly, um, something that if, if we could sit down with mom and dad and all the IFB legalism was gone, all the judgment was gone, I'm keeping this podcast as clean as I can, but if all the BS was gone that the IFB brought into their lives or they were born into, what would you say to mom and dad? Not to pick at them, not to throw stones, not to be unkind, just to say, hey, I want to share who I am and I want you to accept it. Or, hey, here's what's going on in my life. So I'm going to get into these. Some of them are anonymous. Uh, Some of um, the folks that 
uh, dropped in to say these words, we're fine with us using their first name. So um, whether you're hearing yours read or whether you hear someone else's read, I hope that they can. there can be some confirmation here, some affirmation, if you will, and maybe in some cases some closure mm-hmm. for, okay, well, you know, that's just where my parents are and this is where I am. Or maybe there might be an opportunity for a door or two to open where you thought it wasn't before and, and only because you're seeing someone else be vulnerable and share about their life and who they are. So we'll start with uh, an anonymous one. What I wish I could say to my parents... I wish I could tell them that I wish they would treat me with the same love, affection, understanding, and acceptance that they do their parishioners. I need to hear from them that I am enough. Mm. I wish that they would interact with me with the same enthusiasm that they do with those in their ministry. I feel forgotten and left behind because I've chosen to think differently than they do. I don't feel worthy of their attention or love. And honestly, like I want you guys to respond to that in like kind if you if you want to, but honestly, you already t- told us like a lot of what this person is talking to. Like, it's not your fault, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't deserve to carry. And this isn't to push back against this person and say, "Wow, we're not trying to be dismissive of anything anyone's no. saying." But at the same time, like, I think it's going to continue as we read through these to ring true. Of, it's not your fault, and this guilt you're carrying. Whatever you can do or however we can help you to drop it, let's mm-hmm. do that because that's something that no one deserves to carry, though we were raised to feel like we deserve to carry it. Right. Yes, and I would say to you particularly that I'm very, very sorry that your parents treat you that way. And I wrote this down earlier today, but you are worthy of all of those things that you want from your parents. Yes. That's right. And I love that I get to be a part of your life. Well, it's cry o'clock. You got me going too. Um, I'll move on to the. I don't. I don't want to skip over anything, but I'll move on to the next one. Um, and this is another person that's uh, writing us anonymously. Mom and Dad, I want you to know that I am a great mom. I work really hard to raise my kids to have a good heart and to love others. I go to a different church now. I sing songs that are not hymns, but still about Jesus. I wear pants to this church, and I am loved and accepted. My girls wear leggings and pants now, and even to church. They smile a lot more now. They feel free, and they are thriving. I'm still running my business, and I enjoy helping others. Yes, I cuss like a sailor at times. I really want a tattoo, but I haven't taken that step yet. I want to mark my body with a reminder of all that I have survived. I listen to rock music and contemporary Christian music. I like both. I left my husband, and I took my kids and fled. It wasn't easy, and I wasn't rebelling. I was keeping us safe. I help others. I read good books to be a better person. I don't hate you. I blocked you on Facebook because you constantly attack me, and it hurts my heart to see it so much. I text you photos of the kids and videos, too, because I don't want to cut you out, and I want you to know that we are okay. I wish you wouldn't hang up the phone when I call. I wish you would answer when my kids call. I miss being with my family. This Thanksgiving and this Christmas were the first holidays without my family. It hurt to not be invited, but we did okay. We were invited into the homes of other families, and we are finding love and acceptance here. I won't leave my name on this comment because I can't handle being attacked anymore. I'm sorry you don't have our new address, but you know why. The kids and I love and miss our family. 
We miss a lot of our IFB church family as well. But now that we are out, we really wish you knew the freedom and grace on the outside of that cult. Oh, so true. And I, my comment to that is, this is when I hear this letter and I hear this person's struggle. I I'm get it's hard not to get mad at the yeah. church that taught the kind of mm-hmm. teaching that would cause you to distance yourself from someone yeah. whose heart is so full of love and. Mm-hmm. And would just love to just be with their parents, yeah. but their that church teaching has convinced those dear parents that she's not walking a certain way that's acceptable. And I'm telling you, that is anti-love. It that's is all, all I can it say. Is. Before you go, sorry, I I want to finish this comment because yeah. I'm almost in closing. I hope you'll talk to us again one day. You're older in years, so my fear is that you'll go into the next life still keeping us out of your lives. You're missing out on knowing some amazing grandkids, but also on being proud of me and how well I'm doing. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you have something I to add? I have a few things. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and um, although this person is anonymous, we do know each other. So let me say that, yes, you are a great mom. You are showing your children how to build a life how to build their own life and how to build a happy life. Your hard work shows tremendously. I'm so happy that your children feel free and that they're thriving. Freedom brings growth. I see this clearly in your life. You want a tattoo to to show everybody what you lived through? Go ahead. (laughs) You should. Um, I hate, and I'm very sorry that you needed to flee from your family and your husband. They're the ones who should love and protect you and your children. But I'm very, very proud of your strength and your ability to do that. The fact that you would have to block your parent on Facebook because you can't handle the hurt that it causes you to see the way they react to you and your children is beyond anything I can fathom. I can't imagine a parent yes. so, uh, doing that privately, much less yeah. on Facebook. On forum, yeah. Well. You know, I, I it, it really it shows their it it just shows their inability to love basically, but mm-hmm. you know their their um, lack of any depth of love, well, or understanding, it, or kindness. I, I want to go and I want I want to be quite as mean to their parents, even <laughs> though I agree. I see the danger of the teaching of independent fundamental Baptist to put people in a particular box right. and require yeah. require. And if they don't do what's required, yep. they're unacceptable. How can mm-hmm. we live like that? That's yeah, no yeah. way to live. Yeah. That's not biblical, folks. You know. And and by the way, if you want to challenge me on the belief, <laughs> biblicism, biblis. Thank you. <laughs> don't waste your time. I ain't gonna argue. <laughs> I'm not into that. We're not here responding and to you comments. Know what? Uh, Everybody who's been in the IFB, I, my name's pretty well known. A lot of those yeah. guys know me. I could care less what they think of me. I hope they think I've messed up because that means I'm getting somewhere. And it means they're probably not going to reach out to me. Yes, Yes. and that's that's really good. Leave us alone. Yeah. Um, I love the love that you're working so hard 
to share with your parents. Um, and the fact that you're you're trying to salvage at least a grandparent relationship for your children, if you couldn't salvage one, a parental relationship yeah, for, for yourself. yourself. Um, and I'm very, very sorry that even through all of this to date, they have not responded to any of that love. I would hope that one day they would. Um, and this is for everybody who fights this battle in their heart. Sometimes it's just not going to happen on this side of eternity. But you've and done your part. You've done your yeah. part. And you, uh, was other thing you said more than your you're, part. You're, yeah. So, you know, therapy is helpful. Seriously helpful. And bringing you to a place where you can live with that reality. And I would recommend that anyone who struggles as deeply, yeah. and I know there are many, 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 because I talk to a lot of you. Yeah. Um, and have been for like eight years now. So... Um, the first thing I say is, have you considered therapy? therapy yeah. You know, uh, I've seen what it's done in the lives of our own children. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Um, and you know, your fear about them uh, being older and and crossing the divide without realizing how much you love them. I will just say that I this is my own personal belief. And I can't find anything to necessarily refute it, so I stick to it. And, and it's, an, it's an, a belief that that's evolving, and so it could change at some point. But I really, truly believe that the division between now and then, as in now and eternity, or the spiritual and the physical realms, I believe they overlap. And I really, truly believe that when our loved ones that we love pass over, that divide there's a place where those two realms intersect and when they're in that position of intersection they come to the reality of love and when they look and see where you are in your life now and how much you love them it will literally break their heart i don't care what anybody says about no tears after you die okay i don't i don't buy that anymore <laughs> I really believe they will love you unconditionally when they get I there. I like that. And I, yeah. and I believe that, that I believe that for my own self about my own parents yeah. and the struggles and trials that we went through that separated us at different times. I believe that when my daddy left his body, he became aware of the reality of my love for him and why I made the choices I did. Yeah. Some of them really stupid, like to join fundamentalism. My father was not a fundamentalist. He, was not, he yep. wasn't even a Baptist. Yep. Very practical. Yes. And uh, and my understanding of where he was at all those years has changed and brought me sure. to a place where I could lay down all those things that were between mm -hmm. us. So I'm hoping that for you, that will happen before they cross that divide. But I truly believe that once they cross that divide, you can be at peace in your heart knowing that they see the truth through love. Right. Every letter like this, we're going to be here a long <laughs> time. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. this it's is a really long It's letter. important, though, to express everything that you guys are I feeling. I think it is because I, I feel like I uh, 
my heart is deeply pained yeah. for your generation. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, as second generation fundamentalist, which yeah. most of I, I'm most almost of sure that yeah. everybody uh, that replied everyone. is yeah. second generation. So, um, you're so beautiful from the inside out, and you're incredible. It's very impressive that you've come to the place to be able to acknowledge your own growth and progress, yes. because that's huge. Yeah. We spend so much of our lives hearing what horrible people we were and that we weren't worth anything and that all we were worthy of was hell and damnation so for you to have come to that place already in your walk forward is really impressive okay that's all I got for you alright and to to not to um, make less of anyone else's story or anything but some of these people there are personal connections clearly um and so you know who you are for reading it so i hope that that helps you and that's great and i'm very happy for that i don't want to also neither neither do i want to diminish that but i also want people who can um not just sympathize with what what we've just read or each story but like if there's something in these stories that you're that are being pulled out and talked about by either of my parents or myself even if it's not your story, because you know yours, you wrote it, even if it's not your story or you didn't get a chance to submit one or, you know, submit uh, anything on this, um, to this specific episode, if it's something that you identify with, then go for it. Like, yeah. this is for yeah. you. Again, not to diminish either, right, whether you wrote it or whether you didn't. All right, so the next person is um, Becca, and she says, I wish my parents would say that they are sorry they didn't protect me when I was a child. And that they don't want to associate with the people that hurt me anymore. I wish they would tell me that they realize that the things that happened have lasting effects on me that will forever affect my life and the way I live because of it. I wish that they would give me credit for the things that I've accomplished in my life because I worked hard for it. Not to say that I should give all the glory to God, and because I don't, therefore tell me that I'm a bad person. I wish they would leave the cult that they are in because they realize what damage it does that they would realize the damage it did to me, their own daughter. I wish that they would finally put family first and not the church above everything else. I wish I actually mattered to them. Is that their whole letter? That's it. Um, for them. You know, there's a comment I want to make, and that yep. is, she's this person, was it a... Becca? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's made accomplishments, and so so her parents say, you know, you got to give God the glory. Yeah. And... That is a very, very sick teaching. Um, there is so much pride in the independent fundamental movement among preachers and leadership. Their their proud their their level of pride is so enormous, mm-hmm. and yet they stand there and they insist that you know if we brag about anything, yeah. you know, we've sinned in some way, and everybody's got to have some. It, they got to be acknowledged. You, anybody that works a job needs once in a while to be told how they're doing, and if they're doing well, they need to be told that. That's not out of. There's nothing in. It's, it, it's, it builds you. It helps you grow. It helps you do more. It helps you. You know, when you work really, really hard, and you've you've been successful. There needs to be a reward for that. I'd be so, proud of that. Yeah, yeah, to be proud of that. So. I just want this to kind of stand out as far as what we were just talking about. 
Um, this is a <laughs> the person that just told you it's okay to take pride in what you're doing was a division leader. <laughs> now, again, not trying to herald. I'm just trying to say someone who has in your past life had to make everything not about every single accomplishment you've had. Yeah. Everything you've done, all of your bus ministry is big, but just every soul winning, all of it, give God the glory. I'm not trying to glorify the soul winning or the bus route side. I'm just saying you spent hours and hours and hours working really hard only to have Ray Young, John Francis, whoever say, well, you know, God praise God that you, you know, didn't, you slept two hours. Right, so I'm just saying, someone that you were that entrenched is able to say, "Hey, it's okay, you know, be proud." And again, not again, not to be dismissive and say, "Doesn't matter what mom and dad say," because it does. That's your mom and dad. Sure. But this stand-in dad says, "Be as proud as you want of your accomplishments." Yeah. Listen, this stand-in mom <laughs> says, yeah. "Give God the glory," <laughs> because you know, do you really? Do we really think that our parents <clears throat> want us as adults? To come and kneel down at their feet and say, oh, I just have to give you all the glory because my kids are turning out right. Yeah. You know, guess what? I wash diapers and I, <laughs> yeah, all that crap. And um, fixed meals out of nothing, you know, took two chicken drumsticks and right. made them go for six people, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. God didn't do that. I did that. And oh. guess what? My brain was created with the ability to do those yeah. things yeah. for a reason. And so for, for me to believe that my creator expects me to turn around and go, Oh, I'm so thankful you did. Yeah. And you're so, it's all because of you. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No, there's what, what do you do to your child? Look yeah. at you. You can ride a bike. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. You wrote your name all by yourself. They don't want you to go, well, you know, it's only because you're the world's greatest teacher and you taught me how to do that, <laughs> you know? It's not how that works. Yeah, just let me, works. tell me how wonderful I am yeah. because you can write your own name. Yeah, okay, you, I'm being too passionate about no, no, getting no, the, but, but I, on I, the knee, but, you know, I, that's really... I understand what the transition you're making there. You're saying, if God is our Father, all that in quotation marks because we don't all believe that, if God is our Father, then we as parents should be wanting to replicate the way you know that that should That's be the where same that comes setup from, yeah. but that doesn't translate it doesn't make sense anyways you were, you yeah. had something else you wanted to say yes i would like to say to you becca you matter to me a lot i know your parents i've watched your hard work and i feel very privileged to have shared your journey with you Honestly, it's beyond anything I can fathom that your parents are so brainwashed as to throw away and ignore your feelings and all that matters to you. I don't... I, I guess I should say I'm thankful that I could get out from underneath that brainwashing enough to be able to look at my children and understand the pain of what they've lived through and to validate that pain and to show them love in spite of that pain rather than rejection because of what happened to them or what they claim happened right, to right. them. Which I think is part of your case. But, yeah, that's for you, Becca. You're valuable, and it's not your fault. And I have to tell you that there was a time when I thought like your parents. And so there's hope. 